This morning we're going to preach the good news. Jesus saved. Saved. He saved us from eternity in the mind and purpose of God. We're going to look at salvation this morning. It's a good way to start the year off. Salvation is by the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Faith is the means that we receive that salvation into our consciousness, into our hearts. And that not of yourselves. This is what I want to emphasize this morning. Salvation is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. What a wonderful gift God has given us. You know, this time of the year, people are giving gifts to each other. and Some people do, some people don't. But the greatest gift of all, Paul speaks about the unspeakable gift, which is in Christ Jesus. When God gave Christ to die for us. It's unspeakable to think that God would become flesh and die in our place. What a wonderful gift salvation is. It is the gift of God, not of works. You can't earn your salvation. There's many today teach that. You have to do certain things. To You've got to go to church a certain amount of times. You've got to do a certain amount of things. You've got to do this. If you're not baptized or immersed or sprinkled, you won't go to heaven. They base salvation upon what we, what the preacher does and what you do. But Paul says, not of works, lest any man should boast. There be no boasting in heaven. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The only way we can commit good works is in Christ Jesus, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. May we pray. Father, bless us with thy word and lift up our souls and hearts to rejoice in so great salvation. In the name that's above every name we pray, in Jesus Christ's name we do pray and humbly ask your assistance by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Salvation is by grace. Grace is a free, sovereign, and unmerited act of God. You could, you cannot earn salvation. You cannot earn it. Grace ceases to be grace unless it be totally and absolutely irrespective of anything and of everything, whether good or bad, in the objects of it. God doesn't look down through time and say, oh, Roger's going to be a good boy. I'm going to save him. No, Roger's dead in trespasses and sins. There was nothing good in Roger. Like there's nothing good in me. There's nothing good in you to see. Because we're born dead in trespasses and sins. Beloved, we don't realize how dead we are spiritually to the things of God until we're born again. To give you a little review of that, we're going to look at a few things to show you where we all stood at one time. First of all, man by the fall, and we fell in Adam and Eve. When Adam took the fruit and ate of thereof, he died. God said, in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. We being in Adam, we all died in Adam, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When do we sin? We sinned in Adam. All of us are guilty before God. When he was condemned, we were condemned. For by one man sin entered into the world, for that all sinned. When? In Adam. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot even see spiritual things if you're not born again. He also went on to say in verse 5, you cannot enter. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It has to be by the new birth, as we're going to see. You know, we got thousands this morning preaching, come to Christ, come to Christ, in imitations. But this is what Jesus says. In chapter 6, verse 44, he says, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. You cannot come on your own. Now, you could preach, if you're being drawn by God to come to Christ, or you're being drawn, woo to Christ, that he'll draw you to himself. But you cannot do it on your own. Because he says, you cannot, you cannot come to Christ. And he says, uh, except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. You cannot understand. See, that's where people don't understand. You can't understand spiritual things. Even the, the gospel is a spiritual subject. You can't understand the gospel. John 8, 43 says, Why did you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words. They can't understand. They cannot hear. They cannot receive. And they can't come to Christ. That shows you the condition of every person born into this world. And here's another thing that they don't, don't want to accept. They cannot believe. It says in John 12, 39, Therefore they could not believe because... That Isaiah said again, he had blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. In other words, they're dead in trespasses and sins and they, and they cannot believe until there's a change in their heart. They cannot discern spiritual things. If you can't discern the gospel, how can you believe it, Brother Roger? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man, that means a man dead in trespasses and sins, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They cannot receive the things of the Spirit. This is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. They cannot receive it inwardly because they are hostile against God. Their mind is enmity against God. They're not subject to the law of God. And God says, and indeed they cannot be. They're not subject to God spiritually because they're blinded by sin. Now this is the condition of every individual born into this world. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Are you surprised sometimes when you talk to people, they just laugh at the gospel, they laugh about God. Ah, you believe in that fairy tale stuff. Some of them believe that that's just a fairy tale. See, it's foolishness to them. Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. You need the Holy Spirit to understand the things of the, of the Word of God. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. And it's must, it's an absolute necessity to believe the gospel, to receive the gospel, to understand the gospel, to be drawn to Christ. It's necessary that you're born of the Spirit of God and you cannot do it yourself. 
He cannot be subject unto God. Romans 8, 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It means it's rebellion against God. You wonder why people rebel against God the way they do? Because they're, they have not been born again. They're dead in trespasses and sins. That's why we got people in our government acting the way they do. Because they love sin rather than righteousness. They love darkness rather than light. They love evil. And they make their choices based upon what they love. They love evil. Whether it be the President of the United States down to the uh, least person in Congress. If they're not loving the Lord, they love evil. And they're making their decisions based upon Satan's kingdom, who's the small g, God of this world. Beloved, our, our government and our leaders are under the control of Satan. So don't be surprised at the decisions they make. If they're lost and undone, they can't make a right decision. They base everything they do on selfishness, greed. What can I get out of it if I vote for this individual? Oh, beloved, we need to really be praying for it. That's why God tells us to pray for our leaders. Pray for them that are over us. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. He says in Romans 8, 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I don't care what a person in the flesh does. That means an unregenerated person, no matter what he does, is not acceptable to God. Even his prayers is not acceptable to God. Because they're not coming from the Spirit from within. No one can pray spiritually without the Holy Spirit. He cannot bring forth fruit. Matthew 7, 18, Jesus says, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. A person who hasn't been born again cannot bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, against such there's no law. They can't bring forth that. Now, we to be exercising toward those that we have to deal with in this world, long-suffering and gentleness and kindness and prayer, God teaches us, the Lord teaches us, pray for your enemies. Do good unto them that despitefully use you. What do you do when someone is against you and despitefully uses you? Pray for them. And if they need help, help them. Jesus said you're putting heaps of coal fire on on their head. Beloved, overcome evil with good. That's the Christian method. Now, we're all going to meet people that's not going to like us. They're going to despise us. And some in your own families may not like you. Because if you're standing for God, they'll make fun of you, they'll mock you. But remember, love them in spite of who, what they say about you. Show them kindness. It says a soft answer turns away wrath. Sometimes all you need to speak is speak a nice, soft answer. It's not always easy to do. Because some people know how to push our buttons, you know, especially our family members, brothers, sisters, cousins, that they know how to push our button. But the Lord knows how to push it back, too. <laughs> so thank God for that. You cannot bring forth fruit. And that's something we should be showing in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit. And that's something we should be praying about daily. Father, help me to be patient. Help me to be long-suffering. Help me to be gentle. Help me to be kind. Help me to be meek. Not lifted up with pride and, and haughty. Boastful. 
And beloved, that takes the grace of God to do that, Brother Roger. Because in our natural frame, we want to be boastful. We want to brag, you know, and this and that. So we have to guard against that. He goes on to say in Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now, some people say everybody has faith. All you got to do is just believe, and that's it. Is if you have the faith to do it without God. Here's what the Word of God teaches. First of all, it's called through faith. It's called the faith of God's elect. Only the elect receive faith by the Holy Spirit. It says in Titus 1.1, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. It's called the faith of God's elect. God gives faith to all his elect. When? In the new birth, in regeneration. A man cannot believe anything until he's born again, Brother Roger. Because he cannot understand it, he cannot receive it, and he cannot believe it until there's been a change, an operation of God in his heart and soul. Secondly, obtain like precious faith. To them, obtained means to obtain by lot or by previous allotment. Peter says in 2 Peter 1, 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. God, may, in a, in a sense, we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world as a, as a complete body. We were given faith to all the elect in the allotment of faith to each one of us, with us through the righteousness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The gift of faith was allotted in the covenant of the, to the elect and that they obtained it through the righteousness, life, and death of the God-man mediator. We receive faith because of Jesus Christ. Beloved, he, he earned that for us, and that's a blessing. The operation of God, the subjective faith, is given in quickening. Colossians 2.12 says, Buried with him in immersion, wherein also you were risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Who, do, who is the operation of God? He's the one that puts faith in your heart and soul. Who has raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Hallelujah for the operation of God. And when he comes upon a one of his elect, he quickens them. He doesn't ask no permission. It's done in an instant. God is not limited by time or space or individuals. When he speaks, it's done. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And Paul speaks in Corinthians chapter 3 that the light of God shines into our hearts to give us the revelation in the face of Jesus Christ. When he opens up light in our heart and soul, we see the beauty of Jesus then. And it's all by grace. All by grace. Galatians 5.22 said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. These are, these are the fruit. It says fruit. It's all considered one. We get, it, we get them all, not just one of them. If you have love, then you have joy. If you have joy, you have peace. If you have peace, you have long-suffering. If you have long-suffering, you have gentleness, goodness, and faith. They all come in a package. God gives us everything we need. 
It says, God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Beloved, in the new birth, God gives you all everything you need to live your Christian life. And He continues His strength in you and giving you strength and grace to continue those fruits in our life. Philippians 1.29, Paul says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. We believe, He was given us to believe, but sometimes, you know, we suffer for the cause of Christ. And it may be by family members, it may be by your neighbors, it could be by your friends, it could be different people, but we suffer sometimes for what we stand for. Being a Christian. People look at you and say, you're a Christian, you believe that? You believe there's a heaven, you believe there's a hell? They make fun of you today if you believe there's a hell. The world doesn't believe that. Why? Because they're blinded. They don't, cannot see the truth. Beloved, we believe what we do because God says it in His book. Thus said the Lord. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather put my faith in God and in man. God, He says, let God be true and every man a liar. He says in John 6, 65, and He said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given to him of my Father. Now, what did Jesus teach about that? He says, no man can come unto me unless it was given to him by my Father. And now, who are the ones that the Father gave to the Son? Jesus said, all that the Father gaveth me, I should lose nothing. The Father gave all the elect to Christ in the covenant of, of redemption. So before we even had a beginning, before we even was born, God already had a purpose and plan for you. You're not here this morning by accident. You're here by purpose. God had a purpose for us. Faith is not self-produced. You can't produce it yourself. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me, it's given to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to God, hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Who gives the faith? The measure of faith, God gives it to each one individually. Roger's faith is different than mine. My faith is different than his. Carl's will be different than ours. Why? God measures what we need to each one of us. And Susie and Bill, he gives each one what they need. I may need less, you may need more, I may need more, you may need less. But God is the one that does the measuring. We can't produce it. And I'm glad he has control, Roger. In Ephesians 4, 7, he says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. The Ephesians 4, 7, But unto every one of us is given grace. Oh, thank God for that. I need grace. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Jane 1, 17 says, Every good gift. We quote this verse many times in our, in our lives talking to others. Every good gift and every perfect gift, it's from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variable in this, neither shadow of turning. But notice this, beloved, the Father, the Father. Every good gift comes down from the Father through the Son, through the Holy Spirit to our lives. And because of this, all men have not faith. And this is 
This is proved by the word of God. It's 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. It says, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. That should be our prayer today. That we can be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. That's in our government. Around us. I'm not speaking just about Washington, but our, our state governments, our city governments, our federal governments. That we might be delivered from these unreasonable and wicked men. That's why we need to pray more than we do. For all men have not faith. That's the reason they make the ungodly decisions that they make. Because they have not faith and they don't believe in God and they're not relying on God. Hebrews 4.2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why didn't it profit them? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Since God didn't give them faith, they heard it, but it had no faith to believe it. So without God giving you faith, you cannot believe the gospel. You cannot receive the gospel. You cannot follow Christ. You cannot, you're not drawn to Christ. Beloved, God has everything under His control when it comes to salvation. Salvation was not left up to chance, whether you believe or don't believe. Because if it's left up to chance, you would never believe. You would never believe. That's what Jesus said there. You cannot. You will not. He said, you will not come unto me because you love darkness. Rather than light, because your deeds are evil. Oh, beloved, if we just believe God, you know, we can talk to our children and we can talk to our friends and neighbors and brothers and sisters till we turn blue in the face. But until God does a work in their soul, they cannot hear what we're saying spiritually. I don't mean we don't, I don't mean we quit talking to them. It doesn't mean we quit praying, but we realize the hand of God has to move upon them before they can do anything. But at the same time, we need to be concerned and pray for them and be patient. Sometimes we get so zealous in our wanting to see someone come to Christ, we over, we, we come kind of a pushy. We don't want to become like that. The result has to come from God, Brother Roger. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see, he cannot receive, he cannot believe, he cannot do the will of God. Remember that in our witnessing. 1 John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that is begotten, loveth him also that is begotten. And the birth, the new birth comes before believing. One is past tense and one is present tense. The word born there is in the perfect tense, which means it took place in the past with the present results, that the present result, the one believing, was born again before he was believing. Believing doesn't cause you to be born again. It's an evidence of being born again. Whosoever believeth, present tense, is born of God, or has been born of God, perfect tense, which it refers to an action which has been completed in past time, this completed action having a present results that the person is a believer. But what happened before he believed? He was born again by the Holy Spirit of God. He quickens whom he will. Shows that a believer was born again before he believes. And that's the big difference between basically what we teach as primitive Baptists and most of these other so-called uh, 
teachers out there today, they teach you have to be born again when you exercise your faith. But we know the Word of God teaches we're born again before we believe. Belief follows being born again. It's not the cause of my new birth. It's the evidence. Keep that clear in your minds. Believing is the evidence that you have been born again. It says in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And we should never be ashamed of the gospel. What is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth? And that's to the believer, not the unbeliever. To the Jews first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul taught that God's righteousness is revealed to the person who has faith. In other words, as we learn, as we grow in grace, as we read the Word of God, God reveals His truth to us because we have the faith within. He says in Romans 10, 6, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thy heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or, Who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The Word, and the word there in Greek is rima, is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word rema of faith which we preach. How did it get there? The Holy Spirit put it there in the new birth. That faith is in our heart. And when we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that faith reaches out and lays hold of that message. And if we didn't have faith implanted in us, we couldn't believe in Jesus Christ. That's why Christ said, you cannot come unto me that you may have life because you love darkness. And as long as you love darkness, you'll never reach up to Christ for help. You have to be born again. You have to see your need. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Like the publican said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. He saw himself a sinner and he looked to Christ and Jesus said, he went down to his house justified. But the public, the, the Pharisee, oh, I thank you, I'm not like this publican. I do this, I fast twice a week, I tithe, I do all of this. He was guilty before God. He didn't see himself a sinner. He saw himself as self-righteous. What he was in himself, the publican wouldn't even look up. He just said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Every one of God's people are brought to that condition sometime in their life where they realize they need God. They cannot do anything. Already in the quicken before believing in the word of Christ in the gospel. When the gospel is preached, the word of faith, and someone believes... It is an evidence that God has already placed the word of faith in the heart in quickening. So we have to give God all the glory. Person comes forth and places his faith in Christ Jesus and gives God the glory. God has done an operation of faith in my heart. He gave me a regeneration. I have the faith to believe Christ died for me. Now I want to follow Christ. That's all of grace. No one can take glory for that. Oh, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't done that. No, if God hadn't worked in your heart, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe. And we have to give God all the glory, all the glory, beloved. First John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believeth, present tense, is born of God, or hath been born of God, perfect tense, which refers to an action which has been completed in past time. This completed action having a present result, believes. Are you a believer this morning? If you're a believer, then it's evident that you have been born of the Spirit of God. 
James 1.18, we have a little confirmation of being born again. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. This is aorist, tense, and active voice. James 1.15 says, when, And when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it finished, bringeth forth death. This is the same Greek word and is teaching us that the gospel is used to bring us to knowledge of salvation in conversion by the word of truth. In other words, we come to conversion to belief through the gospel. That's that's the purpose of preaching the gospel, that those who are born again will believe it and follow Christ. The gospel is good news to who? Those that are born again. Those who have been quickened by God. Those who have been given faith to believe it. Those who have been given faith to follow Christ. It's sin... Brings forth lust, lust brings forth sin, and the word of God is used to bring forth the truth that we should be first fruits of his creatures. Second Thessalonians 2.13 says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for your brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit, regeneration, and belief of the truth. God gives you life, not that you walk around all your life and never know it, he gives you eternal life that you may believe on His Son, Jesus Christ. He, John said, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's the reason these things are given and preached to you that you will come to faith and belief in the Son of God. And God's working in that. The Spirit is being born again, given life from above by the Holy Spirit. John 3 says, in belief of the truth is bringing forth in the newborn soul to faith in Jesus Christ in conversion. Regeneration, we're passive. Conversion, we are the one that believes. God don't believe, we believe. But He gives us the ability to believe. They're drawing us. Paul gives a good illustration in 1 Corinthians 4.15. Also, the word, the Greek word, Geneo, in the following verse in 1 Corinthians 4.15, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. For in Jesus Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. That means I brought you forth through the gospel. You've been brought forth. In the aorist tense and active force, teaching, teaching us that gospel is used to bring forth faith that's within us to lay hold of the message of gospel, Jesus Christ. The word of faith to lay hold of the gospel of Christ. So you can see God is working in you both the will and the do of His good pleasure. He gives you regeneration. He works in your heart. You hear the gospel. He brings that forth. You lay hold of the gospel by the power of Christ, the Holy Spirit, and we come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's where we get blessed assurance at. By putting your faith in the name of Jesus and all that he's done on the cross for you. That's where we get our assurance. If you look within sometimes, you may doubt. But if you have doubt, look to Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is our hope. He's our salvation. He's the one that saved us. We don't save ourselves. In John 16, 21, it's used concerning a child bringing, brought forth from the womb. And that's a picture of us being brought forth to believe in Christ. John 16, 21 says, Born into the world with bringing forth, not the giving of life. When you bring a baby forth in, in, uh, in, in birth, it doesn't give that baby life. As soon as that baby is brought forth, they spank it, and what happens? Well, it starts crying. And when we are brought forth by the Holy Spirit, what do we do? We cry, Abba, Father. 
Behold, he prayeth. What happened to Paul? One minute he's on the road to Damascus. He's going to get all the Christians and put them in prison. All of a sudden he's changed. And he said, Lord, what would I have me to do? And the same thing happens to all of his children. He changes us from within. Oh, beloved, what a blessing it is. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Now, I want to say, where did faith faith cometh forth? Now, where did, how did faith get in, into you? Faith is put in you in regeneration, Brother Roger. You're born again is when you receive faith. Now, that faith, when it hears the gospel preached, the Holy Spirit would draw you forth. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This is subjective faith received in being born again is being brought forth by hearing the objective truth, Jesus Christ's gospel of the word of God. God says, my word shall not return unto me void, Isaiah 55, 11. When you hear that gospel preached, faith comes up, comes forth and lays hold of that message. I believe that. I believe that. I believe in Jesus Christ is the son of God. The eunuch says, what hindered me to be baptized? He was ready to be dipped under water and be immersed. It's another beautiful verse. John 5, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, note Romans 10, 17, and believeth on him, present tense, that sent me, hath, present tense, everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is past, perfect tense, from death unto life. That means he passed from death unto life before he ever believed. When do we pass from death unto life? When we're born again. See, we have nothing to do with that. We just receive that into our conscience, into our souls, and come to assurance of our salvation. Also in 2 Timothy 1.9, we could spend all day on this one verse. Who hath saved us. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price of salvation. He saved us. Some people think they're saved when they believe. Now there's a coming to a knowledge of salvation, but the saving, the washing away of our sins happened at Calvary. Jesus said, who has saved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. When he shed his blood, that's when your sins were washed away. Not when you believe. If he hadn't washed your sins away, you would never believe. These are simple things that people have are confused on. The gospel is not simple to some people because they got it all mixed up. They got the cart before the horse. But when you look at God, how God has laid it all out by grace, how he's controlling faith, he controls being born again, he controls drawing you, he gives you grace, he gives you faith, he brings it forth, you lay hold of Christ. No wonder, he says, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. I want to give God the glory for my salvation, Brother Roger. All the glory. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Notice this. Not according to our works. Could it be any plainer? Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace. Notice this. Which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Hallelujah. I wasn't there. You wasn't there. You had nothing to do with it. Jesus said, Behold I and the children which God the Father hath given me. 
Who were those children? All God's elect was given to Christ before the world began. He came for the purpose to die, not for the world, but for all the elect of God. For those who he became their surety. He became their mediator. He became their advocate with the Father. He became their Savior, and he saved them. It says his name should be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save, not try to save. Some people say, well, he he saved you, but he didn't save you. Well, he either did or he didn't. I know he did, because he said so. And he said in John chapter 6, a beautiful chapter, if you want to meditate in, in grace this afternoon, just read John chapter 6 over and over. Jesus said, all that the Father give me, I shall raise it up at the last day. All of them. I'm going to raise them, everyone up. Well, if he gave everyone to Christ, he's going to raise the whole world up at the last day. Well, who's he talking about? All that the Father gave me shall come to me. That's the ones he came to save. That's the ones he will save. And he said, I've lost none. I'll raise everyone up at the last day. So at the resurrection day, all God's elect will be raised. Why? Because he died for them. He paid the sin price for us. He's our righteousness. He's our hope. Jesus is everything we need. You need anything this morning? You don't need anything besides Jesus. He has everything that you need in your life. What a wonderful Savior. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death. He's abolished death. And it brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. When the words we, as we hear the gospel, we come to understand and see that we are saved by the grace of God. These are simple truths, but God gives us the knowledge to believe these truths. To believe the salvations of the Lord. To believe it's not a works. To believe it's not what we've done. It's all what Jesus has done. When a broken sinner falls before God with a humble spirit, say, Lord, nothing in my hands I'll bring, like that song says, simply to the cross I cling, clinging to the atonement of Jesus Christ, that person has been changed by the grace of God. And I pray that's true of every one of us here. The faith of Christ in a person and not the act of believing. Galatians 2, 16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. I believe in a sense, one sense of the word, Christ by faith gave himself for us as a man. He had faith in God, his Father. He was a man. You have to remember that. And by the faith of Christ, he obeyed God, knowing that God would justify us by his righteousness. And then by faith that God puts in us, we receive that knowledge of righteousness by Christ and know that he is our righteousness and we believe in Jesus Christ. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Remember, it's Christ living in you that gives you the strength. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's our hope. That's our hope. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, beloved, that's that's a precious truth. In Galatians 3.22, it says, But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith 
of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. The faith of Jesus Christ in His atoning sacrifice and obeying His Father, that faith was given to you and I. Paul says, And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Righteousness we receive by faith into our consciousness. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Righteousness comes upon all them that believe. Are you a believer this morning? Then you have righteousness of Jesus Christ. Paul says in Ephesians 3.11, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everything's in Jesus Christ. Everything. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And without the faith of Christ in us, we, we can never believe in Christ. We need that faith, that faith of Christ in us. And why do we receive faith or believe? Acts 13, 47, 48 says, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a lot of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. They heard the good news of the gospel. And glorified the word of the Lord. And notice this. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. As many as were ordained to eternal life believed. It didn't say all of them believed. But as many as were ordained. Say life and then belief. You can't reverse it. Some people want to put belief before life. In other words, you have to do something before you're born again. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. And when did I love again? I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Because God had from the beginning chosen you to salvation. He did. He chose you to salvation. Some people say that's not in the Bible. There it is right there. He chose you to salvation. Through sanctification of the Spirit, being born again, and belief for the truth. You will believe in Jesus Christ. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see the glory of God in the gospel. And the verse we used earlier, but we'll use it again. Second Timothy 1, 9 in closing. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. That's what I'm trying to get across to you today. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You can put all your faith in that verse, your confidence, your salvation, everything. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to the light through the gospel. How do you know that you have life? But the preaching of the gospel, you the drawing of God, you, your faith is, is grabs a hold of that and you believe it. And that's how the light comes into your soul. God shines into our consciousness that we pass from death unto life. May we pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you for the gospel, the good news. And I'm grateful that he that glory, let him glory in the Lord.
It's all of you. As Peter cried out the day he was walking on the water when he began to sink, Lord, save me or I perish. And that's the cry of every sinner when he sees himself a wretched sinner. When the grace of God entered to his heart and changes his, gives him a new heart and a new soul to see Christ, he cries out to God and the Lord shines into his heart that knowledge in the face of Jesus Christ. And you come to the assurance of that salvation. What a wonderful joy that is, Father. And we thank you for salvation. Thank you for your word. Bless us now in the name of Jesus Christ. And bless this year to us. May we be witnesses for the Lord and servants of the Most High God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Does someone have a song in closing?